Welcome to the Moose Room, everybody. Unfortunately, Bradley Hines cannot be with us yet again. Something to do with jury duty, trying to be a good citizen, all of that. Stupid. I know. We're just no, just kidding. We really encourage good citizenship and yes. civic engagement here at the Moose Room. Please, please do. Please do that. Bradley's a great example. Following his footsteps. Mm-hmm. But that means you're stuck with no guests, just the gruesome twosome. Which yeah! It hasn't happened for a while, I don't think. No. A while ago. A while ago. I think it was a blizzard and it's sunny now, so it's yes. been a while. And if memory serves, the last gruesome twosome episode was quite successful. Oh yeah. I, people loved it. And mostly because you talked a lot. And yeah, that's probably what makes most of the And you just shut up. Yep, that's about right. Well, I think this will be a fun podcast today because I feel like we're we're pretty evenly matched on this one, uh, which doesn't happen often. I think that's what makes the podcast so fun. I know. But I'm anyways, always outclassed. So, yo, please, you're a doctor. Bradley's a doctor. I'm just Emily. Dr. Bradley J. Hines. Anyways, titles aside. Yeah. Last time we did an episode together was winter and now it is spring. So, you know what that means? It's spring cleaning time. Spring yeah. Cleaning time. So do you do spring cleaning, Joe? Well, you know, there's the basics like around the yard. I think of more spring cleaning, like making sure you get all the leaves as you were too lazy to rake in the fall, all those kind of things. Sure. Yeah. That That's more of what I think of. You know, I also love to fish. So spring cleaning to me means getting the boat ready, making sure the boat's mm. ready to go. So that kind of stuff. I That's what I think of when I think of spring cleaning. But on the farm... Spring's a busy time of year. You know, we talked about that in our safety episode. There's a lot going on, a lot of moving pieces, but it does feel good to kind of get some things clean that we haven't been thinking about for a while, especially when you can be outside and spray things down and not freeze. Yeah. And I feel like just having a tidier space makes for a better work environment, right? Kind of as silly as that sounds. And and really, I also see it as, you know, part of that cleanliness piece and that management piece that we always talk about every episode. There's a reason we talk about it, right? Because it it all works together in the system. And so I think that making cleanliness a priority and making the, you know, environment in which you're working orderly, you know, helps save sanity, definitely can help save time and yeah, I didn't. I didn't have a third one. I really thought I would, but I got <laughs> the rule of three failed you. I know it's okay because I think the big thing that that today we want to focus on is just one thing. The spring cleaning is a huge thing, um, huge something you should be doing. People are getting ready to plant, but you know when you have that day when you're looking for something to do, you're ready to plant, but it's not time yet. You know you want to keep yourself from getting in trouble, getting the tractor stuck because the field's not quite ready. All of that. You know, really what we want to see is to talk about spring cleaning the vet cabinet, all the medications on the farm, vaccines, everything. We all you know, all know you have them. Guessing there's a good amount of people listening right now that are thinking uh, it's not all just in one cabinet. Right. You know, it's well, we have this here and that's over there and those are in that cabinet. Well, and some of that's good. And some of that's mm-hmm. not so good, mm-hmm. but, but also there's a lot, a lot of things to think about. There's a lot of stuff that's around that probably shouldn't be anymore. And, you know, quick story time before we get going on the rest of the topic. The big thing for me is the milk inspector is going to show up at some point, right? You know, sometimes you get a warning from the neighbor that they're in the area or whatever. So you kind of have an idea, but 
I've been on farm when the milk inspector shows up. Uh, and one of my favorite times is I was sitting on the tailgate. We were talking about something with one of the owners there. Milk inspector pulls in the driveway and they say, oh, shoot. And they take take off running for the milk house. That's probably not the reaction you want to have when the milk inspector shows up. You want to kind of be ahead of the game and be ready to go before the milk inspector shows up. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and the milk inspector probably sees you sprinting full bore into the milk house. Um, so that may not bode well for, for the people involved, but yeah. And it's, I am somebody too, that it's like, you shouldn't have to have that moment. I've worked with plenty of farms that they kind of say like, we want to be, you know, inspection ready at all times, you know? Yeah. Things get a little messy, whatever, but generally speaking, things are where they need to be. Things are happening the way they're supposed to be. Things are clean, all of that. Everyone knows that spring is full of mud and your farm is going to have days where no matter what you do, no matter how hard you work, it's just, it's just not going to look very good just because of this time of year. And that's fine. But um, you do have control a lot of what's in the vet cabinet or cabinets or fridge and, and what should be there, what should have gotten out of there years ago sometimes uh, yeah. and, and how things are stored and how things are working. That's something you do have control of. And especially, you know, we get some days where it's raining and you can't do much outside. This is a perfect activity for some of those days to try to get into those cabinets, get into the fridge, clean everything out, figure out what's in there that shouldn't be and reorganize so that you're not sprinting to the milk house when the, when the milk inspector shows up. Yes. Well, I mean, I didn't think that we could like hype up cleaning the vet cabinet that much, but I feel like we've done that effectively. So let's get in. (laughs) So let's get into the brass tacks of, you know, what are kind of the major categories perhaps that we need to be aware of when we're cleaning out that cabinet or the various areas um, on the farm where we keep vet supplies? Well, there's a bunch of big categories, but you've got vaccines. And then basically I think of vaccines and then not vaccines. That's Those are the two things I think of. So we can talk about those separately. The, the vaccines, I mean, the big thing is looking for expiration dates. If you're getting close and short dated on some of those, you know, talking to the manufacturer, especially if you've been with them a long time, you have a good relationship, seeing if you can get that replaced and they can move it in some other way, working with your veterinarian to do some of the same thing if you can. Uh, And then looking and seeing, you know, if it is out of date, you know, you really shouldn't be using it. it. It's no longer effective at the given dose. Usually once we get past the date, that's important. So the vaccines, the first thing to do is to make sure that everything's in date or if it's, if it's short dated, try to figure out how you can move it in a different way. And, and, and that's really most of vaccines. You know, I, I think the only other thing I think about with vaccines is storage and how they're stored and, and what fridge they're in. Uh, and this is something I think we've even talked about on this podcast before. And I've heard Emily say it too. Check your fridge to make sure it's working. You know, that fridge usually started its life somewhere else, right? Uh, yeah, the, the fridge is usually on like its third or fourth shot at life. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's really important. And that's super simple. Just grab a thermometer, um, you know, put it in there and see if it's at the right temperature, if it's where it needs to be for that storage. And yeah, just keep an eye on it uh, because I've, you know, I've heard the stories where people, yeah, their their barn fridge goes out and they didn't know 
until it was too late. And, you know, they had frozen colostrum in the freezer and they had vaccines and, uh, you know, other things in there. So I just get really frustrated because um, if it wasn't good enough to store food anymore, why, why is it good enough to store thousands of dollars worth of product? You know, like just be really careful when it, when you take it out of the house or, or it's going somewhere, make sure it's working. Even, you know, most shops uh, on the farm are going to have some kind of temperature gun. That's easy enough. Point it at something in the fridge that's been in there for a while and check the different spots in the fridge. They will have cold spots, hot spots, all those different things and make sure that you're, you're okay storing your vaccines in there. I think that's all there really is to talk about vaccines for right now. We'll, we'll kind of get back into them and equipment when we talk about that, but. Well, one other thing I would ask, though, or not really ask, I mean, I know this, but what about, you know, bottles that are damaged or look like they have a crack in them or, you know, the rubber stopper at the top is all icky or you can't read the label? What do you do with those? Yeah, it kind of depends on why they're like that, too. Um, If (laughs) if if it's your fault, it's your fault. Right. But it's still not worth it to try to use something that's potentially contaminated or damaged or you can't read the expiration really well, uh, because that's something that you're counting on as insurance to protect your animals if they're exposed to something. And if if you give that to them, not knowing if it's going to work, to me, you might as well squirt it on the ground. So just, just, yeah, get rid of them. Um, if it wasn't your fault, say something right away. You know, if it comes that way, if it's damaged, uh, people will definitely work with you to figure that out, whether it's your veterinarian or your, whoever drop shipped it, all those people will, will figure out how to make it right. Um, but that, yeah, definitely just get rid of them. If you can't read the label or if they're, they're compromised. Correct. Yes. All right. Vaccines done. Moving on. Moving on. Well, the second category was not vaccines, not vaccines, very specific, right? Yes. Got it figured out. Well, I mean, the big thing is that, that when the milk inspector does show up, they're looking for something pretty specific on this, this category of not vaccines. Right. And that's that all your lactating drugs and your non-lactating drugs are stored very clearly and separately. Now it doesn't necessarily need, they can be in the same cabinet. They just need to be labeled appropriately on different shelves and it has to be very clear to whoever's reaching into that cabinet, what's lactating and what's not lactating. Same with the, with the fridge. You know, I like to label drawers or put label shelves and then have my, everything that's stored in the fridge on different levels. So it's very clear what's for non-lactating animals and what's for lactating animals. And that, and that kind of brings into calves too. Anything we use for calves, a lot of the antibiotics that we're going to be using are not approved for lactating dairy cattle. So you have to, I mean, the easiest way is to store them wherever your calves are, because that makes it very easy. But if you can't do that, there needs need to be a defined area to store those kind of things. And that that's going to make the the milk inspector uh, much more comfortable with what you're doing. I mean, that's the big one that the milk inspector is going to get on your case about. It's also good practices in general. So you don't end up grabbing the wrong thing by accident and then having a hot tank, which no one, no one wants to buy a tank, right? No. What are some of the things that you've seen, Emily, when you're talking not vaccines, uh, when it comes to storage and how long things are around and how long (laughs) they should be around and those kind of things? Yeah, well, I feel like we've kind of leaned a little more dairy so far in this episode. So I'm going to kind of flip over to the beef side, but this is also applicable to dairy. And that's um, calving supplies. 
ear taggers, uh, you know, chains if you need them, all those things. Are they stored together so they're easy to grab when you need them? Are they clean? Or after last calving season, did you just toss them in the office thinking, yeah, I'll clean them later? And now they sat for a year and are gross. Uh, so that's that's one of the things I think about, just all those pieces of equipment you use. So even beyond that, you know, moving on when you have, you know, when you're dehorning, anything you're using for deworming, whatever, uh, and, and like your porons and your different things that you have, how are those stored? And again, are they properly labeled? Are they clean? Are they ready to go? Because I just, I see a lot of disorganization, right? And I think to me, part of cleaning is not just making sure it's clean, but making sure it's organized. Oh, yeah. And I, I think it's a kind of a vicious cycle too, when we, we, especially when we talk about beef calving. And I, th- I know one of our colleagues, Troy Salzer, his recommendation for getting your calving kit ready is to have everything organized in one spot, clean, ready to go a whole month before you think you're going to need it. And, that, and that's the perfect recommendation in my mind, because mm-hmm. um, calves are always coming earlier than you think. And if it starts and you get going on it and you're, you get busy, you're never going to get that stuff together. Once everything started and rolling, it, it's really difficult to do that. So Really, yeah, having it all together way ahead of time is going to save you a lot of time as you work through, uh, especially if there is a problem. You just know I can grab my bucket, you know, or my two buckets and I've got everything. Yeah, yeah, calving kit. I like that. It's kind of, what would that be? Is it Murphy's Law that like, if it's ready, you won't need it. And if it's not ready, you'll wish you had it. I don't think that's, I don't know if that's- I don't know what Murphy's Law is. I'm going to Google it. I think Murphy's is, if something bad can happen, it will happen. Murphy's law is an adage or epigram that is typically stated as anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. We can cut that out. Joe being right. (laughs) Just cut that out. That's fine. I don't need to be right. What I was saying was, yes, I think having that calving kit ready is smart because it's possible that you'll get it ready a month in advance and, and not need it. But I can guarantee if you don't get it ready, you will need it. Exactly. That, yeah, I don't know what to call that law. It's probably... It's just a law of the universe, Yeah, perhaps. just, you know, the farmer's <laughs> law, maybe we'll call mm-hmm. it. Just, you know, if you get it ready and you have it with you, you won't need it. Uh, and that that's really what it comes down to in the spring, you know, getting all this stuff ready and ready to go. And because, yeah, as we, as we work into warm weather, there's all these things that we want to do and get done. And um, hopefully you can spend some time getting some of this stuff straight because it will help you the rest of the year with with antibiotics the big thing that i see and i'm always conflicted on this and we might cut this out because i don't know if i want to say it out loud but ooh, juicy a lot of these bottles when you read the bottle when you read the label of an antibiotic it says once the seal is broken you should use it within 28 days and on some of these products that can be really hard to do especially if you don't have too many cattle around. So I'm going to leave, I'm going to leave it there. Maybe hmm. consult with the manufacturer, maybe consult with your veterinarian, decide how you should store things to maybe avoid having to throw out drugs after 28 days. Cause I think that's, that's probably pretty rare for people to do after they break the seal on a bottle to actually throw it away at 28 days. If it's still half full, especially considering how expensive some of these antibiotics are. Yeah. So think about, you know, okay, what we're trying to avoid 
is anything grow, growing or being contaminated in these bottles, right? And you'd think, yeah. you know, nothing can grow in an antibiotic, but that's not true. Depending right. on the spectrum of that antibiotic, what it does, uh, you know, we, we've cultured bacteria from iodine dips, you know, so there's certain bacteria that can grow anywhere. So to slow bacteria, usually, you know, after I open a bottle, maybe it goes in the fridge just to slow everything down. Um, if, especially with things like exceed, uh, if you're not going through it very often, just toss it in the fridge, slow everything down. And, and would you recommend marking on the bottle? What date you opened it? Absolutely. Have to admit, not super great about that when I was in practice, but when I did remember it was super helpful. It was very it was. To, to know, you know, when, when I already had the Sharpie out to do something, you know, okay, mark down that I actually opened this bottle on this date. It gives me an idea of, you know, I was going through drugs pretty quick, so it wasn't a huge deal, but if you don't have that many cows and you have just a few antibiotics on hand, start thinking about doing that. And then if you're in any doubt about whether or not the antibiotic is okay, depending on the antibiotic, just get another one. Like penicillin is cheap. Okay. It's very when cheap. in doubt, throw it out. Exactly. Exactly. Cause uh, it's not worth it. You can see some horrible reactions from these animals, uh, from either contaminated vaccines or other contaminated products. Uh, and you really don't want to have that happen. Okay. Let's talk about more about equipment. I know we kind of probably hammer on this uh, through BQA and other things at, at extension, but one of the things that we see not get cleaned very often is syringes, repeatable syringes, reusable syringes, and they're very convenient and they're very nice to have around, but they do need to be cleaned just like any other piece of equipment, just so that they continue to work correctly and you don't have buildup of and cross-contamination of whatever you're using them for. I've seen some dirty syringes that I just, I don't know what's going on inside the, even the glass, you know, it's growing all sorts of gross oh, things and gosh. that's not okay. I've seen most syringes I've seen are good. I've seen some bad needles, like yeah. bent needles, rusty needles. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, just, I, don't just do don't, that. Don't do that, please. Please don't store don't put the bottle back in the fridge with the needle in the bottle. Please oh, don't do that. That's just a way to contaminate that bottle for sure. Um, and it's also a safety hazard to other people yeah. being in that fridge. They're, they're, you know, again, relationship with your veterinarian, relationship with your distributor. If the top is wearing out for whatever reason, get a new top. Absolutely. If they make new tops for bottles. We can figure that out. All those kind of things. But don't think you need to leave a needle in there for any reason. Uh, that's just, that's not a good idea. Okay. Let's talk about syringes. You want to clean them probably pretty quickly. It'll make your life easier when you do clean them. Uh, the big piece of that whole thing with repeatable syringes is not to use soaps or disinfectants or even alcohol, because that can really affect, especially the vaccines, the modified live vaccines when you're giving them. And I know some people get really People take it very seriously and they probably should to, to even like separate their syringes into modified lives and their kills and never use them for the other one. You stole my question, Joe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I, I did do some of that in practice, but I also clean my syringes a lot pretty much after every shoot job. 
Um, and I, yeah, I had certain syringes that stayed killed. I had a dedicated syringe for my bangs vaccine. Cause that's just a much different vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my modified lives, I tried not to do anything with those except modified live vaccines. Uh, and they make all sorts of cool stuff to be able to do that. I mean, they make little colored knobs on the end of the, the syringes and ways to mark them. The other way that I used to do it was with uh, fingernail polish. I can mark, oh. I can mark my syringes and that stuff's durable. Yeah. It stays on for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, growing up on our farm, you know, we didn't have a very big herd, so we didn't have mass quantities of syringes around, but we would mark them like with duct tape, like, Oh, the ones that have duct tape are, you know, modified lives. And yeah. They don't. yeah. It doesn't have to be yeah. complicated. And I think keeping them separated and labeled is a good idea, especially if you have a lot of other people using those equipment. So, you know, farm employees or other family members that help, even if you may explain the system 17 times, they just don't quite grasp it. We might need to cut that out. That was kind of sassy, but anyways. (laughs) So, yeah, I think that especially if you do have a lot of people who are accessing and using that equipment, it's best to keep them separated and well-labeled just to, you know, avoid any any risk of cross-contamination. Better safe than sorry. Part of that also is you know, just a general concept that I think is good management is thinking about if you weren't the one doing it, could someone figure it out? Cause that's really important. Cause hopefully at some point you're taking care of yourself and you're going to take, take a vacation. Uh, and someone yes. else is going to have to do it. I know, I know farmers vacation is just a foreign concept to a lot of people, but I, I hopefully people are figuring out how to work that out with neighbors and family to make that happen and rotate in a way that you can actually get off the farm. Sometimes you have employees, especially some of our bigger operations, having everything so that no one would have to be there to explain it. Um, especially yeah. using a lot of pictures so that you don't have a language barrier at all. Uh, that can be super helpful. Mm-hmm. it's always worth taking that extra time to get that organization in place. And yeah, I like how you said that, Joe, you know, could somebody else come in and know what to do? One last thing before we, we get out of here after this short little spring cleaning episode, your labels on your products, um, very important. And that's another thing that the milk inspector will get on your case for if it's not right. It's something that your veterinarian should be helping you with for any prescription products but you also need to be helping the veterinarian out to let them know if there's something missing from a label because there's a lot of products and there's a lot of labels to edit to get all that straight. And what you're looking for is that really the name and address of your vet needs to be on all your prescription labels, the -hmm. directions for use, your withhold times, meat and milk, and then any cautionary statements, you know, if you got Mycotil around, there needs to be a statement about how dangerous it is, that kind of stuff. And then the active ingredient of the drug, all that has to be on the label in some way, especially if it's prescription. And that applies to anything that's extra label as well. So if you're using penicillin at any dose other than one mil per hundred pounds, that's prescription. So that needs to also have a label. And then ideally you would also label that with the animal you're treating. If you're going to use the whole bottle on that animal, you know, that that's also the open date. Those kind of things are just practical. So check your labels when they come in, make sure all that's on there, then you can't get in trouble. And if it is wrong, tell your vet and they should be able to fix it. One final thing I will add before we wrap this episode and Joe, I'm going to say you're not allowed to interject because if you do, that will add at least 10 minutes to the episode. 
So what I would say is this is also the perfect time to check out uh, your vet log. And if you don't have a vet log, start one. Um, and that can be as, as simple or as complex as you want it to be, but something that is just where you track all the care that you provide animals, right? So, you know, calving date, if they were sick, what they were treated with, you know, dates of all of that, just keeping everything organized and written down and then having that handy, especially near where you keep your syringes or vaccines or different things, since you're going to be in that area anyways. So you can just grab the book, mark it down quick, move on. As promised, I will not elaborate too much. It's a good idea. You too should do much. It. <laughs> too much. You should do it. Part of the reason is it protects you from mm -hmm. if there is a, a, a meat or milk withhold issue uh, and something's hot, if you have adequate records and you have a history of having records and you can show that you did the right thing, there may or may not be some leniency afforded to you. So that's important. But it also records give you data. And they tell you what's working and what's not. And when something's going wrong or it's not working and it's not written down, there's no history to look back at and see what could be done better. I'll yeah. quit there. I'll quit there. And, and I will say one final thing. Oh, man. <laughs> Joe, correct me if I'm wrong. Your vet probably appreciates when you keep track of all of these things as well. And it makes their job easier and makes them better equipped to help you make different veterinary management decisions. 100%. I have nothing to add to that. Ah, perfect. We should probably wrap it there, huh? I think so. There's not a better spot to do it. So we'll wrap it there. Comments, questions, scathing rebuttals. They go to the moosroom at umn.edu. That's T-H-E-M-O-O-S-R-O-O-M at umn.edu. Check out our website, extension.umn.edu. We're on Facebook at umnbeef at umndairy. We're on Twitter at umnmoosroom and at umnfarmsafety. And we're on YouTube. We're putting up new YouTube videos. I'm catching up on editing from all the winter videos. And we're putting up videos on UMN Beef and Dairy Team and UMN Extension, Extension Farm Safety Farm and Health. Yeah. Got it. Woo. No more plugs. That's it. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye. Bye. Good job, do up. <laughs> <laughs>